You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. On this week's episode, Stuff You Should Know hits 3 billion. Spot TikTok. YouTube gets freakyonomics. Australia's best female hosts. And Spotify departure to the max. Alrighty, g'day Stocks. How are you doing? I'm great, Julian. How are you? good to hear. I'm also pretty good. It's pretty early in the morning today, isn't it? Yeah, so... Earlier start today, just logistics and timing and dedication to the craft. Yeah, that's right. Well, the early bird gets the worm and here we are getting it. Mm. Jeez, that coffee hasn't hit you yet. No, not quite. It might be just making its way through my veins, but maybe on story three, we might start to see a rise in enthusiasm. But hey, look, why don't we start off with some great news, actually. Stuff You Should Know. Do you know this podcast? I know it well. It has passed three billion downloads. That's billion. Billion. With a B. Fuck me. Fuck Uh me. Yeah, you see people post, hey, we've hit a million, we've hit 50 million. I've seen a couple hundred millions. I've not seen three billion. Yeah. Look, this is an iconic podcast. I was lucky enough to see them live. We were researching to do a Batuta live show and we wanted to understand what a podcast looked like live. So we went and saw Chat 10 Looks 3, learned nothing because... What's, what do you learn? <laughs> Are you Lee Sales Annabelle Crab? No. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Things are going to be a little bit difficult yeah. for you. <laughs> um, we went and saw Stuff You Should Know and it was a cult. It was yeah. at the end more. They'd just come up from Melbourne the day before. One of them was extremely hungover. Um, <laughs> been drinking whiskey down in the Mornington Peninsula. Um, the crowd was just euphoric. We were in a pub beforehand. There's six blokes and a random guy came up to us and said, Are you going to the Stuff You Should Know? No, you wouldn't be. Uh, uh, uh. So exactly who you'd expect to go to an educational podcast like stuff you should know of, a nerd-ish yeah, uh, ish guy, a man of nerdish persuasion. He <laughs> um, just wanted to be a part of the he, community. He, he wanted to chat to other people. Yeah. And, and then he freaked out halfway through asking us out. Yeah. And we went, no, 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 come back, come back. back. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly you're welcome to him for a second date. We really wanted to talk to you. You're exactly who we want to talk to you. Why are you here? Yeah. Break it down. But the show was, um, they say it was lazy. They basically got up told them how hungover they were, banged on for 10 minutes with a few inside jokes and then proceeded to sit down at a desk on the stage and pull out scripts and read a previous episode verbatim. Right, so one that probably the dedicated audience would have been well familiar with. Yeah, instantly. If you're a fan, it was a Sanitarium versus Kellogg's one. And it's a great episode. It's like, (laughs) this is it? Um, But... Incredible. Yeah, it was. It's, it's a phenomenon. I mean, it's a TV show. It's won, what, nine Webby Awards, Adweek's Podcast of the Year, Adweek's Reader's Choice of the Year. So that means it, the judges love it. The people, people love, love it. it. Um, yeah, and Chuck Bryant and Josh Clark, I mean, they're icons of podcasting. But since 2008, that's, uh, that's OG. Yeah, that's tremendous longevity, really. I mean, yeah, congratulations to them. I mean, three billion of anything is... An incredible amount yeah. <laughs> something. Dollars would be good. Yeah. And if you haven't listened, check it out. Uh, it's an educational podcast. It's two guys with very curious minds and they've got an interesting approach to how they attack subject matter. Yeah. Worth a listen. 
Well, where would we be without chatting a little bit of Spotify, hey? Behind the Spotify, season <laughs> four, episode six. Welcome. <laughs> so, look, there's been a trend in social media, really, like predominantly Facebook, Instagram, all these kind of companies just blatantly ripping off features from TikTok. TikTok has come in recently and just been an absolute powerhouse. Its recommendation engines have been so powerful that it's just been able to keep people on and glued to the screens for, you know, extended amounts of time. The TikTokification. Yeah, the TikTokification. And that's now hit Spotify. So they're jumping on this bandwagon as well. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people have copied that sort of user experience of just constant swiping. The second you open TikTok, you're hit with content, noise, video. It's on straight away. It's not like a movie. You know, TV shows have gone this way where it used to be long opening credits or theme music and get you in the mood and yeah. they just sort of jump straight in. Yeah, look, I mean, they're wanting to improve discovery, obviously. This is something that we always talk about. And, you know, this is a way that they see how to do it, a sort of way in. And I think, you know, they'll be leveraging a lot of the things like the, the video opportunities within their platform now, the gifts that you'll see on music when that sort of plays, all those kind of things. It's going to feed you a mix of, of music and, and podcasts. Maybe, you know, they'll start to do audio books in there as well. But, yeah, just really trying to push the discovery angle because, I mean, you know, it is quite clunky. If you want to discover something new, I think we've discussed Basically, it's, you know, friends recommend this or, or, you know, maybe you've heard about it from another show or something like that. You know, the mm. discovery engines within their actual platform aren't that great to sort of go on and find something new and take a chance. Mm. So this will feed you up a little bit of something. Maybe it, maybe it gets you interested. But I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see the way that they balance out what they promote. And obviously, they've got their own shows that they've paid a lot of money for. So no doubt we'll see a lot of those coming up to the top of the pile. A bit like Twitter with Elon Musk's tweets. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> could you go away? <laughs> it, it's a very interesting play. I mean, Spotify for years has been trying to target well, every sort of tech companies trying to target this Gen Z audience, the 18 to 24s. Spotify's been going for it for a while. We know that from just projects we've had come across with them, mm-hmm. uh, trying to target a Gen Z audience. That's probably been three years they've been, since 2020, they've been, that's been their remit from overseas, from head yeah. office. And they also ran a really interesting create, creator program last year, which was targeting young sort of social media talent. So this is definitely in line with what's been coming out of Spotify. I guess, question for you, Mm -hmm. the TikTok swipe UX experience works for short content. Yeah. Do you think it works for something like music, which is usually three minutes plus, and podcast, which is five minutes plus, when you're sort of ripping through... Or are you jumping into trailers? What's what's going on? Do you think this will work? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, like as a as a podcaster, are you nominating you know a clip within the show that you've created, which you think would be the most enticing for people to listen to? So if they listen to, it's the same similar, I guess, if you're putting stuff on Instagram of your show, you, you're selecting something that's going to be the hook, the way into the show. So if the creators are very much in control of that, then you know they're going to put uh, forward something that they think represents their show, and maybe that maybe that's correct. The other thing we've talked about you know that's come across is is all of these kind of ai generative things where they can go through and scan all of the things that are being talked about now right so they can run through the entire episode at speed and take out key themes keywords whatever so that means if someone is showing an interest in a topic then they can start to surface other shows that cover that as well so it's not just what's in the title it's not just you know something that you've put forward it's actually going through the contents of the show and saying this is relevant to what they've searched for before or what they've listened to they made it through this whole episode on something or other so hey let's feed them this one on the same topic 
everyone wants to kind of get in the, the in the TikTok space, and I think advertisers get a, a quite a, a good amount of attribution from it as well. I think we, we work with a bank, and they sort of really like how effective these things can be because it's very native. They can have something that opens up like, oh my god, this budgeting hack saved me so much money, and people are in. And before they even realise it's a it, you know it's a sponsored piece of content, they've watched the whole thing, and they're you know they're, they're on the hook, but. Yeah, I think it definitely can work. And same with, you know, music, obviously, you know, there's a lot of songs that are crafted to have a bloody hook. I've got a child at the moment and well, I imagine I will do for quite some time. <laughs> but she has just discovered the Baby Shark song and just that oh, instant wow. she hears it, then it's it's over for us for the rest of the evening. Yeah, so I mean, it's just that the power of that little soundbite can can have quite an effect. So I, I dare say if this is done well, this could be pretty effective and certainly the biggest step forward in discovery they've made for some time Mm. we've talked in the past about how it's easier for tiktok to add podcasts and music Mm -hmm. than it is for spotify to add a social component to it well at least a social network algorithm to it but this discoverability somewhere that's not quite a social network this is just more a user experience it does seem like tiktok is um, still trying to get their podcasting yeah. to happen so I don't know when that's going to actually happen so maybe we're undersold how easy it is to negotiate with record labels but look I guess the sleeping the sleeping giant here is is YouTube because they've got YouTube shorts which is essentially TikTok yep. they've got a search algorithm which is essentially Google Yeah, they are running AI through everything you upload everything you upload is basically the processing is, is their smarts going through the entire bit of content before you're allowed to publish it and just making sure it's safe, making sure it's not explicit, making sure it is what you've said it is. Um, YouTube Shorts were released quite a while ago, but they've really started pushing it recently. And we put a Chat 10 TikTok up that got maybe you know a handful of views, and we put something up on YouTube as a YouTube Short yeah. that had thousands of views within hours. Yeah. And I was thinking, ah, oh, mm, oh, maybe you've got the whole box here. It's, it's very interesting. I think it, it just talks to like, the I don't know, there's like a kind of like search anxiety, I guess you'd call it. Like I can go on and try and find something to watch and that or, or listen to or whatever. That takes time and I might find that by the time I, you know, dedicated half an hour slot is done, I haven't actually watched or listened to anything. I've just been searching. So YouTube shorts, I watch a lot because you literally just chuck on something quickly it's seven seconds or whatever and you're just getting a good little joke or a story or whatever the kind of you know content is and then there's the next one that's kind of Mm. you know up that alley as well so it just is it takes up that sort of active searching time just talks turns it into sort of passive discovery and the production side of it it, all you do is you upload like you'd upload a normal video and you just put hashtag short in the title yeah and it's got to be under a minute and you're gone yeah so it's not like you're putting you into another um studio that you've got to upload different content into it's all going through the same thing so it's really interesting to see what's happening there Um, and i think what's happening is also just if you look at say your streaming service on your tv and we're all used to the netflix look Mm -hmm. I think what's happening in UX, and you're more into this space than I am, it's just TikTok is the mobile UX of the world right yeah. now and everything's going more that way. So your, your Netflix is going to look more like that. Yeah. Um, it already does to a degree where it's rolling things. But all your, all sort of all your UX things, it's anything that plays content will probably end up looking like that until the next thing comes along. That's right. Speaking of YouTube, YouTube and Freakonomics. 
Yeah, we covered this a bit last week, but Freakonomics is moving across. And look, this YouTube making some plays, right? Yeah, so they've been more aggressively expanding into the format, into podcasting, and the, the latest big deal that they've got is, is signing Freakonomics Radio Network and bringing everything over to the YouTube platform. It's a big play. I mean, this is a big content play. Uh, it's the acquisition, but it's also bringing a back catalogue across as well, which is something that YouTube seems to be doing. There are some interesting things going on over in the YouTube world i mean i guess to continue down this could be turning into the youtube podcast yeah. behind youtube keep it balanced but as we've seen over the last few months firstly youtube added a podcast tab and page to the experience mm-hmm. in the us and then there's been the removal of google podcast player from search results so what's going on well the logical things all pointing towards youtube becoming a podcast home of podcasts an article on android police interesting website by Chandravir Mathur, he says YouTube's new experiment suggests it could replace Google Podcasts. So this is going down what we're talking about. But basically, there's, he, they've uncovered a YouTube support page which do, details an ongoing experiment where the platform allows a handful of creators to make podcasts in YouTube Studio only on desktop and upload them with a static image instead of a video and distribute them through the main YouTube app. So this content uploaded as part of this test also shows up in the dedicated podcast page on YouTube. In the US. It means that YouTube viewers can see all these podcasts as regular YouTube videos, but it also means you can convert your back catalog of content into podcasts really easily. Mm -hmm. YouTube's trying to make it as easy as possible for all these people with these big video podcast back catalogs to basically go, oh, we can just turn this all into podcasts and all into audio. I'm getting really close to just getting a YouTube subscription Uh now because I feel like I was listening to some stuff, watching some stuff and wanted to actually just do the preps for this podcast. And I was on my iPad in the sauna. Like, okay, I've gone too far here. (laughs) But I was on my iPad there and I couldn't play anything on YouTube while I was also in Google Notes in the yeah. Google Doc we've got. Yeah. So I thought, fuck, it might be, I might be at the point where I'm going to pay for YouTube. And stuff like this is really makes me think being able to play when you've got the app closed, is it's dead sexy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that it's such a pain in the ass. I had the subscription for quite a while. I got the three-month trial and that ran out and I just let it keep on rolling for a while. And it's expensive. It's like it's 20 bucks a month or something like that, which so is you like, know, that's like Netflix the top and, Netflix tier with sort of 8k yeah that's right right. and when you go away from it which i've also recently done you notice how annoying it is because you lose that functionality like being able to close up the the tab or lock your phone and just have the stuff keep on playing um and you're forced to kind of sit through the ads the more they continue to add to it particularly in this kind of podcasting space if it is you know one of the world's biggest podcasting players well, I think people might start being a bit more willing to pay for that subscription. This hasn't been the case. Like, it's not too many people pay for YouTube subscription. It's very, it's, you know, one of those underperforming things. And, and they don't sort of put out too much as to why you would, really, you know. So, they haven't seen that much of an uptake. But as they continue to add more and more features into the actual platform itself, then, you know, people might want to do that a bit more. Mm, and they've picked up big NFL rights in the US as well. Yeah. Which means that if you want to watch certain games i think it's a sunday ticket which is every game yep uh on on the big day of nfl football you can get that through youtube so they really are driving people to go and maybe commit more to their platform all right well watch a bit more youtube coming to this podcast i guess yeah well sticking on video watching jewels a recent report on marketingbrew.com says that 
Adults in the US are watching the equivalent of nine episodes of Friends in digital video each day. So audience are spending more time watching just about everything but traditional TV reports phones. That is a shitload of content. Nine episodes of Friends. What's that? Friends was a 22-minute show. Yeah. Jeez. Do the math. Someone, yeah. please. Someone. <laughs> Anyone. So the report was actually commissioned by Insider Intelligence and it broke down how adults are spending their precious free time. The specific breakdown amounts to an intake of three hours and 11 minutes of digital streaming. That's streaming and social video. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, this is a game like it's on all smart TVs. You've got YouTube player. You've got all these kind of things, which just mean basically whack on something and then let that sort of continuation just go. That video ends. The next one starts. It's passive stuff that's probably on the background a lot. It's probably not the most engaged viewing or, or listening or whatever, but it's company or maybe, you know, people are just sitting down and, and kind of watching it. But for whatever reason, it just the discoverability again just becomes one of those things that's just a lot easier to do through those kind of recommendation algorithms. And if they just keep on serving you content that's interesting to you and, and you just want to watch, then you're not going to stop and suddenly start to s- search for something else. It's just going to continue to perpetuate. Yeah, it's just got to keep serving you stuff. That's mm-hmm. the key. And that's what you're not getting in something like an S- SBS On Demand app. Yeah. It plays you something and then you're done. That's right. So g- keep feeding. Yeah, we've probably got the TV in the office on half the day. Yeah. And that's probably someone's watching it a little bit. People just have a might look up there might be something on something iconic like Super Bowl halftime show there might be something happening in terms of the press club or there might be some sport on or something like that yeah so I guess that would all add up as well that's right interesting now last week we talked about there being a market inefficiency in podcasts and that was specifically female hosted shows for female audiences well Alice Duthie from Women Tech Love has conveniently prepared a report for us or an, an article for us about Australia's best female-hosted and female-run podcast. So we have to assume Alice is a fan of the show and heard our show and decided to write an article about it. Hey, look, the struggle's real. You've got to find new ideas for content every day. <laughs> so number one, Australian True Crime by Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Yeah, that's been a popular one for quite a while, hasn't it? That is a beast of a show. Number two was Wild with Sarah Wilson by Sarah Wilson. So she's the New York Times bestselling author, activist, minimalist, and former news journalist who founded the global phenomenon I Quit Sugar, travelled the world for 10 years living out of one bag to explore the freshest ways to live fully and to save this one wild and precious life we have together. That sounds pretty inspirational. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never listened to it, but that's kind of got me sold. Yeah, it's cool. Who else made up the list? Well, there was a bolter at number five. Better Than Yesterday by Osha Ginsberg. Uh, executive producer Rachel Barrett. Osha has transcended culture and now gender. I mean, he is Mr. Worldwide when it comes to podcasting as well. Good on He's you, a Osha. bit of a Mark Fennell. He's been on more podcasts than anyone else. He's yeah. had more podcasts than anyone else. How, did, how does this work? I love it. Who knows? But hey, he's done it. Everyone loves Osha. We do too. So good on you, Osha. Good on you making that list. And and good on you, Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb for Australian True Crime. It's an absolute juggernaut and worthy of the top spot. All right. Back to Big Green. Let's go. Yeah. So there's been a few stories, obviously, around key personnel at Spotify leaving or moving on or being pushed out or whatever the kind of catalyst is for their departure. Um, and this week, we've got a new one. Max Cutler is stepping down f- to start a new venture. Yeah, so Stocks, tell us who Max Cutler is. Max Cutler was the founder of horror and true crime podcast studio Parcast, which Spotify acquired back in 2019 for $55 million. 
Nice good bit of cheddar. Yeah. yeah, so after managing podcast for Spotify, Cutler moved up the ranks to lead new content initiatives and last year was promoted to head of talk creator content and partnerships. Uh, look, he's off to start a new venture. So basically what he said was, with the traditional media industry ripe for disruption, I'm excited to take on this new challenge and drive innovation forward. That was Cutler's sort of departing memo. Mm-hmm. Look, I think it's just like once you're an entrepreneur, you're always an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's right. Serial entrepreneurs. There's been a lot of this. So you, you, your dream is you start something really cool, you sell it to someone bigger, you cash in, they make you run the show, run the business for a couple of years to make yep. sure they're kind of buying you yep. as much as they're buying the business. So you do your couple of years, then he's moved around internally, but he's still on contract to sort of serve there. And as soon as your time's done, you're out. You've seen yep. it with the Instagram guys recently starting their new news service. You pay your time and this is part of how these agreements work and it seems like this is a natural course of Spotify's going on this big acquisition run and now all these people are reaching the end of their sort of buyout agreements or serving a term as part of the sale. So you've had Gimlet co-founder Alex Bloomberg depart late last year and you've had former Gimlet managing director Lydia Polgreen leaving last summer. So that just feels like you're hitting the same horizon of, hey, your payout's now secure, yeah. your obligation's over, get out. Anchor co-founder Michael Mignano departed last June as well. This sort of all lines up with pretty standard stuff. But again, it's another one biting the dust. As you said, like this this guy's probably got a, a whole bunch of things that are now open to him because of his, you know, popularity and and, uh, and fame that's come with you know, the work that he's done at Spotify and certainly the, the deal that got him there in the first place. The cheddar in his pocket. Yeah, that's right. So there's no doubt a lot of people who are, who are knocking down Max's door just maybe even for a bit of financial support and, and some ventures that they've got and he's you know going to be in a position now where he can invest in a lot of these things and potentially see a lot of growth for himself personally. So, wow, good on you, Max, and hope it all goes well. So Spotify came out and said that this won't lead to... Cutler's departure won't lead to any other job losses, which yep. I thought was an odd statement mm-hmm. because... Someone leaving usually means opportunity for other people, yes. not more people going. Yeah, yeah. Like someone leaving of their own will, not someone getting fired. So I thought that was odd, but I think that's the climate in tech. That's the climate at Spotify right now that you kind of need to qualify that that's right. we didn't shoot him in the back of the head yeah. or we only shot him in the back of the head, whatever it may come out later. So it's another game of musical chairs. At Spotify, head of talk studios Julia McNamara will take on license exclusives. So she'll be managing the top talent they've got. Uh Lover boy, a uh, boy, the Ringer founder Bill Simmons was tasked last year with overseeing a company's global sports strategy. Very wise move to do that. But he will soon be responsible for de- developing podcast monetization across the board. Now, you've followed Bill yep. for many years, over a decade now. Monetization across the board, is that... Is that his thing? Look, he obviously was very early in the podcasting with ESPN. He was the one who sort of said, you know, we can get dedicated sponsors for this show. With and they ended up having it with Subway for quite a lot of years. Podcasting was never seen as something that could actually make money in in by ESPN in the initial state. And I think he was really the prototype that showed that you could get in some big sponsors and and different ways that you could monetize. Um, there, you know. The way that they cross promote their shows throughout the network is really, really incredible. They have this whole, you know, hive mind kind of approach to all of their programming, which is great. And certainly the way that they integrate, you know, sponsors and everything into their shows is fantastic as well. So, you know, he's constantly trying to sort of innovate in these spaces. And you see some of the native reads they do versus some of the, like the, just the ways that they incorporate into the program, sponsored segments, what have you. He does a lot, but I mean, look, that's a that's a big remit and certainly a, a, a big step up for, for him. And, and, you know, if he makes it work, he'll make him even more famous, I guess. 
Yeah, look, as long as it doesn't affect the content he's pumping out, I'm, I'm happy with it. I've seen uh, Ringer as being innovative in terms of content, in terms of pop culture, in terms of the way they collaborate, but I've mm. never seen their brand integration as being particularly good, mm. just looking around compared to some other what other people are doing. So that's just my little concern. It always feels like a bit clunky, a bit radio-based. They've done the odd segment, uh, something like a parent corner yeah. or something where they've done a segment, which has been good. They were a company that was started with venture capital. Yeah, They were a company that was acquired. So I don't know if they've ever had to be cash flow positive yeah. from the start. Yeah. So I just don't know how that works. But again, this is a massive company. So maybe you don't want someone with that startup mentality within there. He's worked in big companies like ESPN and he's built his own thing. And look, the one thing he can do is seem to see what's coming around the corner. Yeah, that's so right. So I think that's his biggest strength. It'll be very interesting. So yeah, let's see what what happens. And then I guess the other movement around is Brian Thonson, who came to Spotify last fall from TikTok. His remit is to lead a third-party content partnerships and he will be expanding his team. I dare say, I mean, that was a big signing at the time. I dare say he's the one who's been leading this TikTokification. Yeah. All right, well, we've gone full circle. Started with Big Green, ended with Big Green. I <laughs> uh, just wanted to welcome a new member to the Behind the Podcast team. We have Ruby Marshall, who we teased out last week was going to be helping out with socials. She has started. So we have an extra person in the Brains Trust now. If you're following the show, you've no doubt already seen Ruby's uh, impact on our social feed. <laughs> yeah, a post, <laughs> there a is story. Something. A yeah. story, our first story. Get around our Instagram. Behind underscore the underscore podcast. And if you like what you see, I recommend hitting up Ruby Marshall Media and she can maybe do some magic for your socials. Please feel free to get in touch with us uh, via the messages there or email as always, btp at dm.org.au. Yep, we're becoming a hive mind. (laughs) All right, thanks Ruby, thanks Mandy and thanks Stocks and thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) 